0: difficult times These are difficult times Lord, please give me a sign For these are difficult times
1: Hi there. My name's Laird Covey. I live in Pittsford, Vermont, and I've got a Willie Nelson look-alike story. Twenty-two years ago, while making my weekly trip to the dump in the small main town where we were living, a strange thing happened to me. You and me, buddy, we're Willies," said a derelict-looking guy next to me. Excuse me? Yeah, we look like Willie Nelson, you and me. Since that first less-than-auspicious time, the pattern has continued. Dozens of times, the same refrain, You look just like Willie Nelson. Are you? Really? At the Macy's Day Parade in New York City, a doorman approaches me with a friendly, Good morning, Mr. Nelson. And a few minutes later, a woman in the crowd yells, That's Willie Nelson. In a craft shop in Cape Town, South Africa, the owner keeps staring at me before finally asking if I really am Willie Nelson. When visiting a resort, in Chilean Patagonia. Both the manager and assistant manager approached me separately to say I look just like Willie. And my all-time favorite happened back in Maine. There's a wonderful music venue called Stone Mountain Arts Center in the middle of nowhere in the western part of the state. I was there listening to one of my favorite performers, an Austin-based singer named Ruthie Foster. Her bass player looks at me sitting in the front row turns to Ruthie and says, it looks like we have a special friend here from back in Texas. Throughout the concert, he kept his eyes on me, and when the band came back on stage for the encore, with the audience hushed, he says, I've been looking at you all night long, sir, and I know you're not really Willie Nelson, but I'll give you a bit of advice. If you ever get down to Austin, you better be careful what you're smoking when you drive through town. My response is always the same. Honestly, I'm not sure it's a compliment to say I look just like Willie. But each time I'm reassured. Are you kidding me? Willie's the greatest.
2: Well, hello there. This is the new season of the VMP Anthology podcast. Uh, This one is devoted, as you know, when you clicked play, to the story of Willie Nelson, a new seven-album, nine-LP box set from Vinyl Me Please that is devoted to telling the story of Willie Nelson over the course of the box. This podcast was produced to help fill out the broader story of Willie Nelson, but when we started making this season, it became clear to us that One, the story of Willie Nelson is broadly available. It's very likely that if you bought this box set, you know the broad strokes of his life. You know how he went from a songwriter selling the Patsy Cline hit Crazy for 50 bucks to being an American icon and one of our national treasures. And it's also available for you to read in the liner notes for this box set, which I also wrote and spent a lot of time working on and it's there for you. You can you can get the full story, but before we started making this podcast and when we put this box set on sale, we opened up the outlaw hotline to take your phone calls about Willie Nelson, and we also opened up a mailbag for you to email in any burning Willie Nelson question that you had and anything you want to know about VMP and an anthology. And so we did that and got an overwhelming amount of response. It turns out that you guys have tons of crazy stories about Willie Nelson. You have a lot of burning questions. And so instead of, you know, now repeating essentially what is in our liner notes booklet uh, for you to listen to, we decided to turn this show over to you, our our loyal customers, our listeners. And the people who bought this box set. So this season, you're going to hear me taking your phone calls and listening to your incredible Willie Nelson stories and also answering your burning questions. So as you know, at the top of this episode, you heard an unbelievable story, one of our favorite calls and the huge amount of calls that we got. This guy getting confused for Willie Nelson. What an unbelievable story and what a rad celebrity to accidentally be compared to. The best that I've ever gotten was Jack Osborne when he was big on the Osborne. So I was incredibly jealous of this gentleman. And yeah, what an amazing story. And so uh, I'm, I'm looking at our switchboard here, and it looks like we got a couple more calls. So listen now for a pair of calls from you guys about Willie Nelson. Come up to meet you.
0: Tell you I'm sorry. Don't know.
1: Hi, my name is Chris, and my brush with Willie Nelson came while heading communications at Chipotle Mexican Grill, where we worked with Willie Nelson to record a cover of Plays The Scientist for a little animated short film we made. Uh, Willie's song gave tremendous emotional resonance to our little film and helped us connect with people in a really emotional way and was much beloved in its own right, moving up to number one on the iTunes country music charts uh, when it came out. Uh, Also began the funding for a foundation uh, to support family farms.
0: Hey, my name is David McLean. When I was about eight years old, my dad was managing a hotel in Columbus, Ohio, and Willie Nelson and Dolly Parton were doing a tour, and they were coming through and Willie uh, had dinner at the hotel. And my dad brought us in and and we met Willie and I got to sit on his lap and and he smelled funny. Um, And then when everything closed, Willie did a show in the hotel bar just for the staff of the hotel. And I got to stay up late and sit in my mom's uh, lap as uh, he's saying, uh, Mama, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. And uh, I wanted to turn around and be like, Fuck you, Mom. I'm going to be a cowboy. Um, but that's my Willie Nelson story is like one of generosity, like incredible generosity that he showed to the people who just worked at the hotel. Um, and I've always been a fan of his since then.
2: Thanks for sending in your calls. Uh, It was really great to get to listen to everybody's stories as part of this season. As you also know, we asked anybody who purchased this box set to send in any burning Willie Nelson question that they had. It could be about the box. It could be about albums in the box. It could be about Willie in general. And you guys responded. We got way more questions than we could possibly answer in a single episode season multiple seasons of this podcast, but we were able to answer some of them and we have one of them now. So go ahead, caller. Let's hear your question.
1: Willie Nelson has the unique ability to unify people of all backgrounds, ages, and musical preferences. What is it about him, his music and his longevity that makes it so that to this day at age 89, he still brings a crowd of his original fans but also college students.
2: Thank you for this call. This is a very central question, I think, to us even doing this box set in some ways, is, you know is there enough uh interest in Willie Nelson across generations to do a a very large uh box set you know that is you know fairly pricey we know uh and i think the answer that i came to when i you know spent most of the, I guess, middle of 2021, putting this one together, uh, and really considering all of the albums. And, you know, I, I'm somebody who I I own all, but four I think, uh, Willie Nelson studio LPs. Uh, so I've, I've had a lot of time to consider this. And ultimately what I think is, is that his songwriting is the most universal, of maybe any artist we've ever had. I think that Willie Nelson writes songs about what it's like to be alive. And I think you can relate to the, the message of ain't it funny how time slips away, whether you're 15 or you're 85. I think that his, his songwriting just captures, you know, some, some essence of the human experience that never goes out of style you know, there are songwriters from from the sixties and seventies who are maybe his contemporaries, somebody like Bob Dylan. And I think that some of that songwriting is is very specific to the era. And Willie was always writing something more universal and searching for some answer for how to be a human in in the world. And, you know, I just think of songs like uh, the last thing I needed the first thing this morning Um, from always on my mind that, you know, that that's not a song that he actually wrote, but it's like some, one that he performed and made famous. And that's a song that just like captures the, you know, the sort of banal existence that we all live, but he's putting it in a way that like, it feels like this communal experience to have like a really shitty day. I don't know any modern artists who do that. Like my, my parents and I do not agree on basically any music but Willie Nelson at this point. And you know, it, it's been that case since I was a child. and I just think that you know his ability to to capture the human experience is really what makes him this long-lasting, iconic, incredible figure. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, looks like here on the hotline... Oh, uh, you know, well, first, thank you for your question. That's a really deep one. Thank you. Uh, yeah, looking at the hotline here, looks like we got two more calls uh, telling some stories about Willie Nelson. Let's go to the hotline.
3: The first time I saw Willie Nelson was at Coachella in 2007. I was 16 years old and I honestly didn't even really listen to Willie Nelson, but I knew he was playing and I didn't have anyone else to see. So I walked up to the stage and started watching him really put on such a good set that I will never forget. And then at the end of the set, he tells us it's his birthday. It was truly a magical time and just something that has absolutely touched my life. Hey, my name's Matt. Uh I'm from Lancaster, Texas. i got a pretty cool uh Willie Nelson story. So the, the town I'm from, Lancaster, was hit pretty bad by some tornadoes my senior year in high school. It's been 1994. The, there's an organization that held a benefit concert to raise funds to rebuild the town square. that acts like Janie Fricky and Asleep at the Wheel, I and mean, Willie Nelson was the headliner and the lady that was putting the show on her her son was a friend of mine on the baseball team. I was the captain of the baseball team at the time. So a lot of us baseball guys got to come and help set up the stage and things like that. And um as captain, I guess it's because I was captain, I don't know, but for whatever reason I, I got to uh, walk up on stage uh and hand Willie his uh his guitar trigger uh to, to start the show. So that's pretty uh you know, it's just pretty in- incredible memory and it I was zipping snuff at the time, so I got I got his autograph on the on the back of my Ken uh, of Copenhagen as well. So, uh, but my mom threw that out later on that year when she found my Copenhagen in her room. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to the uh, Willie Nelson box set. It's pretty exciting. Take
2: care. Thanks for those stories again. Like I said, it's impossible not to listen to all these back to back and not think that Willie Nelson is about the greatest man on earth. He's he's the best of us. He sings the, the most about what it's like to be alive, and he's been the most alive human that's ever lived. Uh, but now uh, it looks like if I'm reading our switchboard correctly, it looks like we've got our second question. Go ahead, Caller. Hey, VMP, uh, I wanted to ask,
1: is Willie aware of anyone that has literally been rolled up and smoked when they died? Is there more of a backstory to that song, or is it just metaphorical?
2: <laughs> well, uh, you have come to the right place, my friend. Uh, questions like this are why we invented the mailbag uh, and why we... Wanted to take your questions. I did some research here. And uh, I mean, I, I don't think Willie Nelson has ever personally smoked anybody, but I did find stories of people definitely snorting somebody such as Keith Richards of the Rolling Stones. Apparently, he says uh, his publicist said it was a joke, but he said that he snorted his dad's ashes at one point. Uh, But perhaps the biggest, uh, most public story of somebody smoking someone else Is that the Outlaws, a group signed to Tupac's label in the 90s, claimed that they rolled Tupac's ashes up into joints and then smoked them. So while I think that Willie's uh, song, uh, Roll Me Up, uh, with Snoop Dogg and Jamie Johnson and everybody else, well, I think that was very metaphorical. Uh, It has been done it's far too morbid for any of us to consider doing it. But you know, if anybody deserves to be smoked, I guess Willie Nelson might be somebody that's the honor that 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 would be, you know, something that was befitting his death. I I don't know. It's all pretty weird to consider, but you're right. Somebody has been smoked up, uh, rolled up and smoked. I'm sure that if Tupac was smoked, Uh, plenty of non-famous people were also smoked at some point. So thank you for your question. And it looks like we've got another one here. Let's go to the hotline.
0: Hey, VMP. I was wondering, was Willie really caught smoking reefer on the White House patio?
2: (laughs) So yeah, thanks for your question. Uh, I guess it depends on your definition of caught. Really? Uh, Willie Nelson, uh, in his 1988 biography, which I believe was his first book that he wrote, uh, he's written, I think, upwards of 10 biographies or have been written about him. He definitely did smoke weed, but it wasn't on the White House patio. He actually says in that book, in the 70s during the Carter administration, him and one of uh, Jimmy's sons lit up a joint on the roof of the white house. And uh, this was sort of like a ha, ha, ha you know, Willie, Willie is probably telling a tall tale. Like there's no way he actually smoked in the white house. Like, come on, that you know, he's full of shit. Uh, so for the better part of 30 years, that story was just a, a myth. Uh, but then in 2020, I believe, jimmy carter himself was interviewed and asked about whether or not willie nelson really smoked on the roof of the white house and jimmy carter admitted yes willie really smoked out one of my sons uh they lit a big fat joint and and smoked on the roof so uh not only is willie nelson one of america's greatest treasures he's Definitely the only American to get away with smoking a fat J on the roof of the White House, where every uh, good and every bad president we've ever had has lived, lives underneath uh, a surface that Willie Nelson smoked a joint on. Thank you for your call caller. Uh any opportunity to talk about Weed and the White House and Willie we really relish here on the VMP anthology podcast. And so yeah, that's that's the end of episode 1. Uh thank you very much for your calls and we'll be back very soon with episode 2. In fact, we're probably in your podcast feed already. Hit play on episode 2 or hang on and listen to our credits.
0: I didn't come here and I ain't leaving, so don't sit around and cry. Just roll me up and smoke me when I die.
2: This season of the don't VMP Anthology see, Podcast is written and hosted by high. me, Andrew Winnestorfer. It's executive produced by Amelia Sutliff and Andrew Winnestorfer. It's produced by Jim Hankey of the Vinyl Emergency Podcast and Julia McGuire. Voiceovers are provided by Steven Anderson and Allie Wood. Thanks to everybody who called in with their Willie stories and their Willie questions and emailed in with their Willie questions. You guys really are the best fans on earth. Uh, Willie always says that about his fans and feels like we've gotten to know and appreciate that as well in making this podcast. That's the end of episode one. I leave you, like I always do, with this. Listen to more Willie Nelson and family.